here in the sanctuary this morning as long as as well as those that are listening on the radio. A few announcements before we start our morning worship today. The rose on the altar today is in honor of John and Joanne Hoagie who will celebrate 67 years of marriage on January 16th. Happy anniversary John. Next Sunday following worship will be the annual meeting to elect officers, hear reports from the pastors, trustees, the treasurer, the committees, and to approve the proposed 2020 budget and radio contract. The annual report for 2019 is complete, and copies are on the front pew and over at the information table by the custodian's office. The booklet contains the pastor and youth pastor summary, trustees' report, treasurer's financial report, the 2020 proposed budget, and designated offerings for 2020. You're invited to take one and preview it prior to next week's meeting. Tomorrow night from 6 to 7 p.m. in the Ministry Center will be a wonderful Wednesday meeting. Everyone is encouraged to attend and help in putting together an event that serves our community and children during Lent. And now, if you would, please stand and join me in the call to worship. The call to worship today comes from the book of Psalm. Chapter 63, verses 1 through 8. You, God, are my God. Earnestly I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you. In a dry and parched land where there is no water. I have seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and your glory. Because your love is better than mine, my lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live. And in your name I will lift up my I will be fully satisfied with the riches of With singing lips, my mouth will praise you. On my bed, I remember you. I think of you through the watches of the night. Because you are my help, I sing in the shadow of your wings. I cling to you. Your right hand upholds me. And we will continue to stand and sing our praise song, Good, Good Father.
children to come forward for children's chat, please say hi to your neighbor. Good morning. How are you guys? Good. Maybe let's maybe just sit right here, okay? How are you? Good. Would you guys remember what we had talked about last week? No, we had talked about Miss Lamers. Mrs. Lamers had talked about resting. Does that make sense? Do you guys remember that? And what day of the week were we talking about for rest? We were talking about the Sabbath. What day is the Sabbath? Sunday. Sunday is the day of rest. Well, not only on Sunday... Can we only rest? Have you guys seen one of these? Uh What's this? But what kind of flower is this? A what? A rose. Is it white? Okay. Is it is it closed up? What's it doing? Well, when a flower is open like that, now this is fake, so you can't, what can you, what did you say? Oh, it's growing? I thought you said it's smelling. You can smell it when it's open. When flowers like this, especially roses, when they open up, they really put off this perfume, and you can smell them, and they're really sweet, and they're really good. Have you ever heard of the phrase, and you guys might not have, but I know every adult in here, have you ever heard of this phrase, stop and smell the roses? No? Stop and smell the roses means take a moment. Stop. Take a breath. It's like savor that moment. Take everything in about that moment and enjoy that moment. What are some things, and I can help you out, What are some ways that we can stop and smell the moment? Stop and smell the roses. What are some ways that we can recognize and notice God? What? Okay, going outside, playing, so enjoying nature. Have you guys ever seen, I know in our Sunday school class, and some of you that have moved up, we've talked about this, what are some things that we recognize that God makes? They fall from the sky, the leaves. What else? In the wintertime, what falls from the sky? Snow. The clouds. The trees. What about the things that go tweet, 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 tweet? The birds. The birds. Have you ever stopped and listened to a bird? They don't just go tweet, 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 
tweet, tweet, tweet, tweet. They actually sing really pretty songs through their tweet, 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 tweet. What about something that happens after it rains? What's up in the sky that's really colorful? A rainbow. Have you ever stopped and just looked at a rainbow? Yeah? Yeah? They're beautiful, aren't they? What that means is when I say stop and smell the roses, it's remember to enjoy the things that God has created for us. Because God hasn't given these flowers to us just for something pretty. He's given these flowers to us as a symbol to say, stop, notice me. Notice my creation that I've given you to enjoy. And also his creation. What's one of his, what's one of his coolest creations? Us. Us. He has designed each and every single one of us so uniquely different. But we are all beautiful because God made us in his image. And we are like this rose. We are beautiful, and we also need to stop and recognize the people around us. We need to love the people around us. We need to enjoy the people around us, right? Because God has given us also people to enjoy, not just pretty things out in the sky or pretty things in the ground. He has also given us people to enjoy. And I had this written down. It was kind of cool that they actually sang it today. Um, But it's like we hear a thousand stories of how God is a good father. But do we hear our own? Do we listen to our own? We need to hear God speaking in our hearts because he lives inside of us. We need to stop and hear God speaking in our own stories. Not just the thousands of stories that we listen to other people. We need to stop and listen to our own and see what God's doing in our hearts. Okay? Let's go ahead and pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the topic of rest. We thank you for letting us listen to you. We thank you for all of the glorious, beautiful, unique treasures that you've given us here in this world to enjoy people things of the earth things of the water because lord you've created them all and they are beautiful they are miraculous and they are yours because we are yours we pray all this in your name amen Killed in Kenya, Specialist Henry Mitch Mayfield, Jr., 23, from Chicago, Illinois. Lost in our service in South Carolina, Private Connor J. McGurin, 19, from Owatonna, Minnesota. In Texas, Lance Corporal Ferris H. Abassi, 25, from Colleyville, Texas. Also killed yesterday in Afghanistan, 
two whose names have not yet been officially released. Thank you, Jay. Let's go to the Lord and, and lift up our hearts to Him in prayer. Father God, we come before You knowing that You are a loving Father, a good good Father, as we sang about this morning. Lord, help us to believe that and trust in it, even on days when our hearts are broken, even uh, in moments when it's hard to see the good in the world around us, Lord. Help us to know and believe and live with the knowledge that you are good and that you are sovereign and that you are in control. No matter how bad the world gets around us, no matter how bad our own situation may seem from our perspective, help us to know that you are good. Lord, your word promises us that that is true. Your word says that every good and perfect gift comes from above. And so, Lord, we take time now also to thank you for the many ways you have blessed us in our lives. Thank you for family and friends to be there by our side. Thank you for providing our daily bread, Lord. Um, thank you for just even even the moments that we are reminded, as, as Shelby just reminded us in Children's Chat. Thank you for those the flowers and, and the rainbows and those, those little things, Lord, that remind us of, of your creation and of, of your sovereignty and your love. Lord, help us to not walk through our days blind and, and forgetting who you are and what you've done for us. And Lord, it's, it's with the full knowledge that you are uh, a good and, and loving God that we can pray to you and lay our concerns at your feet, Lord. Uh, there's, there's too much, you know, that, that we could possibly list all, all in one time and right now, uh, in, in this manner, Lord. But you know the concerns that are on our hearts. You know the burdens that we carry into this room. And so we ask that, that you would help us to lay those things at your feet, even now, in the, in the silence of our hearts and our minds, Lord. Help us to, to, to lay them at your feet, um, knowing full well that you have, uh, you have loved us and that you have, uh, you ha- you hear our prayers. And so, Lord, we ask that your will would be done in those situations. For those who are in need of comfort, we ask for comfort. For those that are in need of provision, we ask that you would provide. And, Lord, in all things, help us also to be the answer to your to our prayers. Where we are able to provide, help us to do so. Where we are able to love as you loved us, Lord, equip us and empower us to do so. And in all things, Lord, help us to, to live... Uh, with you at the forefront of our minds, loving, our God, loving you with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and loving our neighbor as ourself. We pray these things in the name of Jesus Christ, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the the power and the glory forever. Amen. I invite you, if you're able, to stand with us and sing number 42, Seek Ye First.
you may be seated. What a great promise. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Our offering this morning is going to support Agape Ministries in St. Mary's. Agape does a lot of wonderful, amazing work in the St. Mary's community and around uh, that area, and we're grateful to continue our support of them this morning. Uh, Let's pray together. Father, we ask, Lord, that you would provide uh, through this offering uh, for the work of, of, of your kingdom through Agape Ministries. Thank you for all that they do to meet the needs of, of people in our community in very real and practical ways. Thank you for the leadership that is involved there. Thank you for the ways that we are able to support them, not just through this offering, but other opportunities throughout the year. And we ask, Lord, that you would bless them and help them to, to fulfill the mission that you have called them to in this community. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. Invite those who are helping with the offering to please come forward at this time.
Please feel free to pick up your pew Bible. We will be reading from page 4844. This is God's word to the Israelite people through the words of Ezekiel. Ezekiel 20, picking up at verse 12. Also, I gave them my Sabbaths as a sign between us, so they would know that I, the Lord God, made them holy. Yet the people of Israel rebelled against me in the wilderness. They did not follow my decrees, but rejected my laws, by which the person who obeys them will live. And they utterly desecrated my Sabbaths. So I said, I would pour out my wrath on them and destroy them in the wilderness. But for the sake of my name, I did what would keep it from being profaned in the eyes of the nations in whose sight I had brought them out. Also, with uplifted hand, I swore to them in the wilderness that I would not bring them into the land I had given them, a land flowing with milk and honey, the most beautiful of all lands, because they rejected my laws and did not follow my decrees and desecrated my Sabbaths, for their hearts were devoted to idols." Yet I looked on them with pity and did not destroy them or put an end to them in the wilderness. I said to their children in the wilderness, do not follow the statutes of your parents or keep their laws or defile yourselves with their idols. I am the Lord your God. Follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. Keep my Sabbaths holy that they may be a sign between us. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God. Thank you, Sharon. You may be seated. Father God, we thank you for this opportunity once again to gather as your people, uh, to sing your praises, to to lift up our concerns to you in prayer, and now to open your word together and hear what it has to say to us. Thank you that you do speak to us through your word. Thank you for the invitation to rest in you. And Lord, as we continue to talk about Sabbath rest, I pray that you would help us to remember all that you you are and all that you have done for us. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. After last week's sermon and the start of our uh, sermon series here on the Sabbath, I had several of you uh, approach me that afternoon over the next couple days telling you how, telling me how you had responded to that sermon. Uh, Some of you uh, had left carpets unvacuumed, drywall left unhung, and there were classrooms that were not visited. I'm not sure if I was being thanked or blamed, but... (laughs) Uh, I appreciate the feedback. I appreciate the response to our sermon from last week. Beginning today and over the next couple Sundays, we're going to talk a little bit more about why we rest. You know, we talked last week about kind of the foundations of what Sabbath is meant to be and how Jesus himself is the Lord of the Sabbath and that Sabbath was not made for man, but that, excuse me, man was not made for the Sabbath, but Sabbath, sorry, man was not made for Sabbath, but Sabbath was made for man. And that we are not uh, meant to get lost in all of the rules and regulations, but we are invited instead to rest physically, mentally, and spiritually in Jesus. See, Sabbath is not just an invitation to physically rest. It's also an invitation to remember who God is and what he has done for us. See, there's a spiritual component there that cannot be ignored. 
And, that, and it's important because we tend to be forgetful people, don't we? We have a natural tendency to forget God, who he is, and what he has done for us. In fact, did you know that in the Old Testament, the Ten Commandments are given twice? Not just once, but twice. And I think there's a very important reason for that. They were given first in Exodus chapter 20 as Moses goes up on Mount Sinai and receives the law directly from the Lord. And, and he comes down and, and, re, and, re, uh, and, and gives it to the people. But it is given then again in Deuteronomy chapter 5 at the edge of the promised land some 40 years later. A new generation now stood, ready to inherit the blessing that was first promised to Abraham. But before they crossed the Jordan, they needed to be reminded of God's law and his gracious promises. So Moses once again stands before the people of God and and reiterates the Ten Commandments in their presence, including the Fourth Commandment, which of course is to remember the Sabbath and to keep it holy. And then immediately following Deuteronomy 5, this, this recap of the Ten Commandments, we have these words from Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 1 through 9. Moses tells them, These are the commands that, and the decrees and the laws the Lord your God directed me to teach you to observe in the land that you are crossing the Jordan to possess, so that you, your children, and their children after them may fear the Lord your God as long as you live by keeping all his decrees and commands that I give you. And so that you may enjoy a long life. Hear Israel and be careful to obey so that it may go well with you and that you may increase greatly in a land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord your God, the Lord, the God of your ancestors promised you. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. See, Moses knew that God's people had a tendency to forget God and his law. He experienced it firsthand in the wilderness. Over and over again, Israel turned their back on God, even though they even though God repeatedly blessed them and saved them from trouble. He sustained them every day in the wilderness through providing manna from heaven and rescued them from enemies over and over again. Yet they still forgot him. They rebelled against him. They, they grumbled and they complained. Listen to how the psalmist in Psalm 106 describes the wilderness journey. I'm going to read verses 1 through 15. It says, Praise the Lord. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Who can proclaim the mighty acts of the Lord or fully declare his praise? Blessed are those who act justly, who always do what is right. Remember me, Lord, when you show favor to your people. Come to my aid when you save them, that I may enjoy the prosperity of your chosen ones, that I may share in the joy of your nation and join your inheritance in giving praise. We have sinned, even as our ancestors did. We have done wrong and acted wickedly. When our ancestors were in Egypt, they gave no thought to your miracles. They did not remember your many kindnesses. So they rebelled by the sea, by the Red Sea. Yet he saved them for his name's sake to make his mighty power known. He rebuked the Red Sea and it dried up. He led them through the depths as through a desert. He saved them from the hand of of the foe, from the hand of the enemy who he redeemed them. The waters covered their adversaries. Not one of them survived. Then they believed his promises and sang his praise. But they soon forgot him. They forgot what he had done. 
and did not wait for his plan to unfold. In the desert, they gave into their craving. In the wilderness, they put God to the test. So he gave them what they asked for and sent a wasting disease among them. What an interesting pattern that is developed there. Right of all the times that Israel, for, you know, of all those times that that God had saved and blessed Israel, there was an example of how they had then turned their back and forgotten Him. And of all the times that Israel forgot God, the most atrocious example came immediately after Moses received the law on Mount Sinai. Moses was up on the mountain for forty days and forty nights, standing in God's presence as God's people waited at the bottom of the mountain. But God's people grew impatient and wondered if Moses would ever return. So they asked Aaron, the high priest, who was Moses' brother, to make an idol for them to worship. Everyone gave their gold, their earrings, their jewelry, and Aaron melted them down and created a golden calf. And so the people bowed down and and immediately began to worship this idol that they had just created with their own hands. You can find that story in Exodus chapter 32. It's crazy, right? I mean, God's people had just witnessed miracle after miracle. God rained plagues down on Egypt, finally convincing Pharaoh to let them go. And then as Pharaoh and his armies gave chase, God parted the Red Sea, simultaneously providing safe passage for Israel and also defeating their enemies. And after witnessing all of this, how could they possibly forget God? Seems crazy, right? Let me ask you this. How many times have we attended church, we've read the Bible, we've sang God's praises together, we've experienced his salvation, we've received his grace, his mercy, and his love, and then walked out the doors of our church and went about our lives as if nothing had changed? How many of us have put Jesus first in our lives on Sunday mornings, but then put him on the back burner the rest of the week? You see, that's what the Bible calls idolatry. An idol is anything that we make more important than God in our lives. Our jobs, the pursuit of wealth, popularity, power, or pleasure. The biggest idol of all, though, is the self. The idea that we are completely self-sufficient, that we get to decide what is right and wrong, or true or false for ourselves. That we don't need anyone, not even God, to tell us what we can or can't do. Anything can become idols when we put them in the place that only Jesus deserves in our lives. Even good things can become idols. Our family, our children, our spouse can all become idols because idols, you see, idols, you see, our idols are hardly ever physical objects that we bow down to worship. We quit making golden calves a long time ago. Unfortunately, the condition of the human heart hadn't, hasn't changed much. We just get better at hiding our idols. We keep them out of plain sight but they're no less dangerous than that golden calf, perhaps even more so because we keep them hidden. You see, that's why we need the Sabbath. We need to rest in order to remember who God is. And when we do that, when we pause to think about God's goodness, about his faithfulness, his righteousness, his mercy, and his love, our idols will pale in comparison. As Paul says in Philippians 3, we'll consider them garbage for the sake of knowing Christ. You see, as as Ezekiel points out here, there's a connection between disobedience and forgetting the Sabbath. That's what the prophet's getting to here in this passage. When When we don't accept God's invitation to rest in him, when we, in his words, desecrate the Sabbath, then we forget who God is, we rebel against him and reject his law. That's what they did in the wilderness, and that's what that's what people continue to do today. And so we must rest in order to remember. 
This passage from Ezekiel that Sharon read for us earlier is, is bracketed by these commands to, to keep the Sabbath. These statements about why God gave us the Sabbath in the first place. In verse 12, he says that the Sabbath was given as a sign between us so that we would know that I, the Lord, have made them holy. In verse 20, he says, keep my Sabbaths holy for they, uh, for they may be a sign between us. Then you will know that I am the Lord, your God. Sabbath then is meant to be a sign a sign that points beyond itself. And what does Sabbath point to? It points to our dependence and our relationship, our dependence on and relationship with the Lord. When we neglect the Sabbath, when we neglect our relationship with Jesus as our Lord and Savior, and when we neglect that relationship, it leads to rebellion and rejection of God's law, the exact symptoms that Ezekiel describes in this passage. Remember, at its core, God's law is all about relationship, our relationship with him and our relationship with each other. He gives it to us not as a cosmic killjoy, but as a loving father. The Ten Commandments begin with a statement about God's relationship with his people. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, who brought you out of the house of slavery. You see, God desires to have a relationship with his people, and that's why he gave us the Sabbath, so that we could learn to rest not just from our labors, but to rest in him. That's why Jesus was sent to die on the cross so that our sin could be removed and that we could become sons and daughters of the Father. So the question is, if if remembrance is that important, how do we keep the Sabbath holy? How do we then rest in the Lord in order to remember who he is and what he's done for us? Well, first we need to learn to rest together. One way, to, one way to remember God as we keep the Sabbath is, is to gather together as God's people and worship Him as one body, just as we're doing right now. Hebrews 10, 24-25 says, Let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. See, skipping church and bad church attendance are not new phenomenon. Even in the early church, God's people struggled to make it to Sunday worship. But Sunday worship is important, be, is important because it's here, gathered together with brothers and sisters in Christ, that we are reminded of the gospel on a regular basis. And it happens in, in both formal and informal ways. You know, one of the things I love about Sunday mornings is coming into the sanctuary early to chat. I love checking in with you, asking how your week went, and seeing how I can pray for you. When we gather together, we have an opportunity to, to encourage one another in that way, to support one another in our walk with Christ. And let me tell you something. When you're not here, you're missing out. But not only are you missing out, I should say, but the rest of us are missing out too. We're deprived of, of the contribution that only you can provide. Your presence has a positive impact on this church family. And, and when you're not here, you're certainly missed. Now think about everything that we've done here today as God's people gather together to worship him. We've sang his praises. You know, have you ever thought about how important music is to our worship services and why we sing in the first place? Music is an integral part of, of what we do as a church. But I'm sure, I'm guessing that when you go to work tomorrow morning, you're not going to gather with your coworkers at the office and sing songs together to start your day. Probably not going to happen. But that's what we do here, right? It's, it's expected. It's, it's a part of, of the very fabric of our services. And it's because when God's people gather together, we sing. 
We sing to remember who God is and what he's done for us. You know, th- and, and think about the, the kinds of songs that we sing and, and the words that are the, the lyrics to those songs. They celebrate God's character and what he's done for us. He is a good, good father, and we are certainly loved by him. When we put these things to music, it has a way of, of sticking with us long after we leave this place. Music is a, is a great learning device, right? When we want our children to learn the ABCs, we sing them, right? We put them to music, and it has a way of, uh, of sticking, with it, sticking with it. And so when we want to remember God, we sing his praises. There's nothing better than being home and, and hearing Josephine sing the chorus, The 10,000 Reasons to Herself. It just Music is a way of sticking with us, even if we get the words wrong every once in a while. We've also re- we also read God's word together. Church is an opportunity to gather together and hear God speak to us from the pages of Scripture. There's no better way to remember who God is and what he's done for us than opening our Bibles and reading about it for ourselves. Hebrews 13.8 reminds us that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So when we read about God's faithfulness in the past, we know that he will continue to be faithful today and that he will certainly, we can certainly rest assured that he will be faithful in the future. God's word comforts us, but it also confronts us as well. Sometimes what we read in God's word makes us uncomfortable because it brings to light the reality of our sin. Also in Hebrews chapter 4, verses 12 through 13, it says that the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him who we must give it, to whom we must give account. See, God's word is both a comfort and a challenge. We need it to remind us that we are sinners in need of a Savior and that Jesus Christ is the Savior and Lord that we need. And so we sing together, we read God's word together, and we also pray together. See, corporate worship is an opportunity for us as God's people to, to lay both our praises and our requests before God. Although we're somewhat limited in how we can do that because of our, our services broadcast on the radio, we can still pray with and for each other. You know what burdens you bear as you come in here this morning. And many times you often know what your family and friends are struggling with as well. And so as we pray together, you can lift up those concerns to the Lord in the silence of your heart. Right, this mic that I'm wearing is not like a, it's not like a direct line to God or anything like that. Prayer is not more powerful because it's spoken from the front of the room or from the pulpit. You have just as much power to pray sitting right there in your pews or wherever you are listening to the service on the radio because the power of prayer is not about who prays, but it's about the one to whom we pray. It's about the person and the work of Jesus Christ and what he has done for us. Each one of us has a direct line to God through Jesus Christ. And so when we gather together, we have a unique opportunity to then pray together to pray with and for each other. And, and something special happens, I believe, when God's people come together with one heart and one mind to pray for God's will to be done. It's an opportunity to, to thank God for and remember what he's done in the past and also assurance as we move forward into the future and what God has in store for us. And so one way we, we can celebrate the Sabbath is by remembering together, but we also have an opportunity to, to remember on our own. Let's think back to the passage from Deuteronomy chapter 6 that we read earlier, 
Right? Moses urged his people to remember God's covenant by making it a part of their everyday lives. In other words, showing up to church once a week and then ignoring God the rest of the, the other six days wasn't just gonna, isn't going to cut it. When we don't, we don't truly honor the Sabbath on Sundays if we aren't integrating our faith into our lives the other six days of the week. We're called to be the church that is both gathered and scattered. Right? We gather together on Sunday mornings to, to hear from God, to be equipped to honor Him with our lives so that we can then go from this place, we can scatter and make an impact from us in, for Him, for His kingdom in our homes and in our workplaces. We gather to be equipped and to remember all that God has done so that it may impact the rest of our lives. The great thing is that he gave us the same tools then to rest and remember on an individual level as he did for us as a church. Things like worship and prayer and Bible reading on a daily basis can help us then to remember the Lord. It's like each day we have an opportunity to have our own little mini Sabbath, our own break from the busyness of our daily schedule to pause and reflect on who God is and what he's done for us. And I tell you, when we do that, it makes such a huge impact on the rest of the day. We get to set aside distractions and worries and focus our attention on the Lord. And one way, one way we can do this on an individual level is by keeping a journal. It may seem strange, right? You, you can call it whatever you want. You can even write Dear Diary at the top of it for all I care. But writing down a record of what God's activity in your life is a great way to remember him. Write down prayer requests and, and how God has answered those prayers. Write down what you're reading in the Bible and some quick thoughts that come to mind as you read it. Write down these God moments that you experience throughout the day. You know, if, as you do, it's amazing how much you'll see God working in your life. How much, how much you will see God at work when you actually pause to reflect on Him and what He has been doing. Unfortunately, the opposite is also true. You're going to miss so much of what God has in store for you, so much of, of, how, of what God is doing in your life if you never pause and, and reflect on that. When we don't Sabbath, right? When we don't take that time on a weekly and even a daily basis to reflect and remember who God is, we're going to miss it. See, that, that is why we need the Sabbath. And so we remember together, we remember individually on our own, but we also remember so that we may obey God's word. I began the sermon by noting the connection between, between desecrating or breaking the Sabbath and disobedience. In God's eye, according to Ezekiel, they go hand in hand. It makes sense, therefore, that keeping the Sabbath and obedience would go hand in hand as well. See, God gave us the Sabbath so that we would know that he is the Lord and that he is the one who makes us holy. It's right there in Ezekiel. God makes us holy, set apart, distinct. He enables us and equips us to live obediently to his word. But that can't happen if we don't remember who he is. Remember, everything, even our own salvation, is a response to God's goodness and his grace. And our obedience then is no different. As we stop weekly and hopefully daily to remember God, he then helps us to be obedient to his word. Paul writes in Philippians chapter 2, Therefore, my dear friends, as you've always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Now notice two things here in this passage, right? 
Paul tells us that we need to work out our own salvation, that there's an, we are active participants in that, in our obedience to God and living that out on a daily basis. But ultimately, it's, a, it's God who makes that happen. It's, it's His Spirit working in us that enables us and equips us to live obediently to Him. As Paul said earlier in the same letter in Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, He who began a good work in you will also carry it out to completion. Right? God is faithful and he will work in you. We need to, well, our job is to respond then in obedience to his grace. Remember the Pharisees that we talked about last week? They had created all these extra rules around the Sabbath. It was very common in that day for rabbis, and rabbi is just another word for teacher, to have their own understanding of the law and its requirements, their own interpretation of how best to live according to God's word. And so if I, as a disciple, wanted to become a ra- uh, follower of, of rabbi so-and-so, then I would agree to live according to their interpretation of God's law. And this is commonly referred to as the rabbi's yoke. Right Now think of what a yoke is. It's a piece of, of farming equipment whereby you know, it binds two beasts of burden together, two horses, two oxen, two donkeys, so that they are forced to walk side by side in step with each other. So if I take on, you know, Rabbi so-and-so's yoke upon myself, I'm agreeing to live according to his example and his interpretation of God's word. Now think about that as you hear the words from Jesus, words of Jesus from Matthew 11, 28 through 30. Very familiar words. Jesus tells his disciples, come to me all who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you And learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Notice here the invitation of Jesus to rest. The invitation that Jesus extends our way to take his yoke upon ourselves. He invites us to live according to his interpretation, to his example. And it's not meant to be a burden. It's not meant to weigh us down because, in fact, his yoke is easy and his burden is light. When we learn to live according to Jesus' example, then we'll truly find rest for our souls. But the only way that we can take his yoke upon us, the only way we can live by his example is by remembering who he is and what he's done for us. That's why the invitation to rest in him is so important because it helps us then to to find the the, the strength and find the peace that we need to live for Christ the other six days of the week as well. In just a moment, we're going to stand and sing uh, a very, very important, very uh, uh, um, beloved hymn, Great is Thy Faithfulness. And it's important, the words, I want, as we sing that together, I want you to think of the words that we sing, the, the, the lyrics there to that hymn, because they are so important. God's faithfulness towards us. That is what we need to remember. That's why we gather for church on Sunday mornings. That's why we take time and during our days to reflect on God's word because he is faithful. He is good. He is loving. And when we remember that ourselves, it helps us then to live in obedience and response to God's goodness and his faithfulness. Let's pray together. Father God, I thank you that you have invited us to remember, to rest in you and to remember all that you've done. Help us to rest assuredly in the promises of your word, in the work that you, Jesus, have done for us on the cross, and in the hope of your resurrection. 
Thank you, God, for inviting us into this and help us each day to remember who you are and what you've done for us. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. And so I do invite you to stand and sing with us number 43, Great is Thy Faithfulness.
Now to the King, eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. And you may go in peace. Thank you.